You may find this hard to believe, but it's absolutely true. There are two times a year when I do jokes on Sunday mornings. And Stampede Sunday is one, and the last Sunday of the year is the other. But Megan and I were coming back from uh, the, the States on the Saturday night before the last Sunday of the year, and we got back so late, it was like 10, 15, 10, 30 or whatever before we got back, and, um, and I didn't remember to do the jokes. And I thought, like I didn't, it, I didn't even think about it for like over a week, but then... Last Sunday, this is no joke, six people came up to me last Sunday morning and said, how come you didn't do your jokes? And like, what was that? (laughs) No, they were not visitors. Jim, break my heart. Yeah, and say the best joke of all. So this morning I thought, you know, with these, like it's, it's, I can honestly say it's by popular demand that they're back. And so I thought, I'm going to do them today. And then I thought, what am I going to do? You know, it's not Stampede Sunday, of course, so I don't have cowboy jokes. It is hockey season, so I thought, I, I know what I'll do. John Close doesn't work here anymore. I'm going to come up with Edmonton Oilers jokes. So I don't know if there's any Edmonton Oilers fans here this morning that are going to be greatly offended for the next few minutes, but I don't care. (laughs) So what do the Edmonton Oilers and the Titanic have in common? They both look really good until they hit the ice. (laughs) Not bad, eh? Yeah. I wrote that myself. No. (laughs) What's the difference between frequent flyer miles and the Edmonton Oilers? (laughs) With one, you get points. Why do Edmonton Oilers fans drink from a saucer? Because <laughs> they don't know what a cup is. <laughs> Why did the Oiler, uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, player... Uh, <laughs> why, did he, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> why did he retire early? <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> because he was ice fishing and he got run over by a Zamboni. What, what do you call five Edmonton Oilers fans all lined up together? A wind tunnel. Uh, um, what do college students and the Oilers have in common? Their year is both over in, in April. <laughs> Why do you call, what do you call 23 millionaires around a TV watching the Stanley Cup playoffs? The Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> What should you do if you find three Edmonton Oilers hockey fans buried up to their neck in cement? (laughs) Get more cement. (laughs) That's so bad. The preacher shouldn't tell that joke. What's the difference between Rexall Place hot dogs and a Calgary uh, Saddle Dome hot dog? You can still buy the Calgary one in May. My wife was about to put my son in an Edmonton Oilers jersey, but I reminded her it was a choking hazard. (laughs) A Flames fan liked to amuse himself by scaring every Oilers fan he saw strutting down the street in one of those obnoxious jerseys. 
he would swerve his van as if to hit them and then swerve back, just missing them. One day while driving along, he saw a priest. He thought it would do a good deed. So he pulled over and asked the priest, where are you going, Father? Well, I'm going to give mass at St. Francis' church about two miles down the road, replied the priest. Climb in, Father, I'll give you a lift. The priest climbed into the passenger seat, and they continued down the road. Suddenly, the driver saw an Oilers fan walking down the road, and he instinctively swerved as if to hit him. But as usual, he swerved back onto the road just in time without hitting him. Even though he was certain that he had missed the guy, he still heard a loud thud. Not knowing where the noise came from, he glanced in his mirrors but still didn't see anything. He then remembered the priest, and he turned to the priest and said, Sorry, Father, I almost hit that Oilers fan. That's okay, the priest said. I got him with the door. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Now I want you to turn, turn in your Bibles. Do we have a screen? Is it, is it gone off? Is it bad? Or is it just gone silent for a moment? Anyway, I want you to turn, if you would, in your Bibles. Uh, the ones underneath the seat is on page 752. And if you're in your own Bible, it's John chapter 4. We're going to get to John chapter 4 in just a second. But on the screen right now is... Uh, a statement or two. And I was thinking, I don't know if anybody, if anybody would actually ever truthfully utter such words. I don't want to be happy. I don't want to live as fulfilling a life as possible. I don't want to live a deeply satisfying life life. Like if somebody did actually say these things and they were serious, I think we probably would doubt their sanity because it just doesn't make any sense. It's quite contradictory, in fact, for someone to say, what I want is to be miserable. Now we know sometimes people that we would say, oh, they just seem to be wanting to be miserable. But really we would say, no, people want actually to have some kind of fulfilling life. Well, Jesus talked about full life. And one of the ways that he did this, and we're going to look at this in just a second in in several passages in the Gospel of John, but one of the ways that he did this was with this simple word. And I've talked about this before. If you're a female today, of course I suppose you could be a male, but if you're a female today and you have the name Zoe, then you have a special kind of word as your name. Because this word means something special. We've talked about this before, and some of you are going to remember. The word bios in the word biology means what? Life. Bios means life. And there is a certain kind of life that means to be alive. And so you've got cells that have blood flowing through them that brings oxygen and water and all the things that are there in cells. And those cells actually provide for us life. We are alive because of those cells and all the things that are in them. But really, that's just to exist. When John uses this word, and when Jesus uses this word and John records him, this word is a different kind of life. This is not just bios. 
This means life. This means abundant life. This is the kind of life where I say, I am alive today. I'm alive, alert, awake, enthusiastic. It's a great day. That's what Zoe means, to be alive in that way. And I can understand how people would say, that's the kind of life that I would live. Most people would not say, don't give me Zoe. You know, I, I just, I'd rather not really have abundant life. I'd rather just have a humdrum kind of life. Well, here are some passages in which Jesus talks about that. And I, I want you to stay on John 4 in your own Bibles. I've got some things I want to put on the screen, like this. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. And then John says, In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And when he says life in this verse, he doesn't say bios. He says zoe. He says in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. He says this too. This is a, the passage in which this occurs that's so familiar for us. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. And I've always loved that line. I I love the notion of the sheep going in and out and in and out and flourishing and living and getting everything they need. And the sheep isn't just alive, but the sheep is living, going in and out and enjoying life. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life. He doesn't say, I have come so that they may be alive. He says, I've come so that they may have life and have it to the full. The notion of abundant life. And then there's this verse that we all know so well. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus is saying that if we're going to have that kind of life, we're going to have abundant life, it comes through me and it comes through me only. Now, there's a couple of other passages I want to show you. And and the word life isn't in these in the same way that it is in the passages that we just read. But the idea is there expressed in, in really quite different terms. Oh, but it's still rich and good. So I want you to look at your passage that you're looking at in John chapter 4. And here, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And he is offering something to her, and she certainly doesn't entirely get it. But he's offering her something wonderful. In fact, what he's offering her is life. In verse 10, it says, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And what I'm doing this morning is taking this notion of living water and kind of saying, this is like life. He would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? 
And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them, and look at this last line. This is just beautiful. The water I give them will become in him or them a spring of water welling up to eternal zoe. What I give people is going to well up in them with eternal, abundant life. And he's not just saying you're going to live eternally, like chronologically. The word eternal in the Gospel of John means so much more than just chronological life. It starts to mean life. It's a quality of life more than it is a quantity of life. Because eternal life in the Gospel of John obviously means eternal life, life lived with God. And he says, this is what I want people to have. Now flip over. You're in John chapter 4. I want you to just look at this in your Bibles. John chapter 7. It's on the screen too, but if you want to look at your Bibles, you can. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And for the moment, I want us to think in terms of those who are thirsty, obviously not thirsting from physical thirst. This is what the woman at the well didn't really get. It's not physical thirst. We're talking about thirst for fulfillment. Thirst for something that is going to make me happy. Thirst for that which I say at the end, boy, I I really needed that. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were to later to receive. And so Jesus here is expanding the opportunity for life so that it's not just in him, but it's in the Holy Spirit as well. That life comes to us in a very full, abundant kind of way. And so, I would say something like this. The solution to a truly fulfilling life lies in one place. A profound relationship with Christ and the abundant life that he offers. But the fact is, that means a whole lot more than just going to church means a whole lot more than just having Christian relationships. It is instead a closeness to, a connecting with, a oneness with God that makes for the abundant life of which Jesus speaks. And nothing else will do. Now we... We try this out constantly. We're constantly trying ways of finding fulfillment. We're constantly trying to find ways of abundant life. We all want to achieve happiness at some level, and so we seek it. We're trying to find it all the time. How can I do something? How can I have something that is going to bring into my life the kind of happiness that I want? We're we're always trying this. Even if it's not expressed in us, we're actually trying this all the time. 
a couple of doors down from me, I have a friend, Jim. We, we've actually had Jim come to church here several times. Uh, it was several years ago, um, and I'd love for him to come back. I wrote him an email recently, and I said, you know, it's a new year. I'd love for you to start coming to church. But during the summer, Jim went and he flew to Montreal. I, I must have done this on uh, Auto Trader or someplace. He flew to Montreal, and he bought a Porsche. And it's something that apparently he always wanted, always wanted to have a Porsche. So he drove this Porsche back from Montreal. And it was only a few years ago that Jim had said to me while he and I were driving on the way to an auto parts store to get some brakes for his other car, he said to me, you know, there's just something missing from my life. And we, and we had a conversation about that. He, he hasn't become a Christian. He hasn't put on Jesus or anything. But we had conversation about all of that. Now, clearly, or at least I think that Jim, when he bought the Porsche and drove it back from Montreal, I think what he was doing was he was trying to find that thing that's missing. He said there's something missing. Now, recently he said to me, man, I am so glad that I bought this car. And I'm sure he is. It's a nice car. But Jim and so many of the rest of the people in this world need to hear that it's not a Porsche that's going to provide abundant life. And there are a lot of other ways in which we search. It doesn't have to be in materialistic ways. People find or try to find fulfillment sometimes in addictive ways. People try and find it by drawing others' attention to themselves. There are all kinds of ways in which people seek to find this elusive abundance of life. And Jesus just keeps saying, I am life. It's in me. And so a truly abundant life means active relationship with the Father, Son, and Spirit. And then I would say that relationship requires time spent with the Lord. And I really don't see any other way to this. Like, sometimes we look for shortcuts. We love shortcuts. Like, we want things to come to us easy. We want things to come to us quickly. And we live in an age where we can have most things quickly. So we press a few buttons on a computer, and just any kind of knowledge that we want, the best jokes that we could possibly think of, they pop up on our computers. We can so easily get just about everything. The other day, I, I can't remember if I said this to you or not. I was at the grocery store. I told somebody this. Maybe it was Jonathan. I, I, I was at the grocery store, and I was walking around, and all, I just looked, and I thought to myself, this is an amazing place. I, I did. I, I was at Safeway, and I looked around, and I thought, Safeway is incredible. Like, look at what we have. Like, there is, there's almost nothing that I would ever want to eat that I can't get at Safeway. It's incredible, the things that are available to us. And we love the fact that they're all there. Now, there are many places in the world where people don't have what we have. 
We so take this for granted. It's amazing. Like, I can remember being in Zambia in 1987 and going into grocery stores, and there was just nothing there. The shelves were all bare. I thought, what in the world are these people eating? Come to find out, rice or mini meal or something like that, and that's all because that's all they have. But we tend to have everything at our fingertips, whatever we want, when we want it, instantaneously, and we get this in our minds and think that's just the way life is. Everything comes to us quickly and easily. We shouldn't have to work for anything. This should be just so quick and easy. And I don't think that the abundant life that Jesus offers to us is like that. Now, in a sense it is. We receive Christ and something wonderful comes into our lives. We're reborn in him. The Holy Spirit comes in and all of that is wonderful. And there's some sense of instantaneousness about that, I suppose. But the kind of abundant life that Jesus calls us to, I think, requires, calls out of us something else. And I do think this takes time. I do think this takes our attention. I think it takes our focus. It is not going to come just automatically, instantaneously, as easily as we could possibly imagine. And yet the rewards of the abundant life that Jesus offers are so worth whatever it is that we would ever put into it. And he is just dying to give it to us. He wants to give us this new life. It's just there. We always talk about how someone tries to give you a gift. One of the things you have to do is receive the gift. This is a gift. The gift of abundant life that he offers to us. And he calls us to simply receive this gift. So I want to ask the question today. Do you have a deep, active relationship with God? And even though I know I'm talking to a whole bunch of Christians, the fact is that I think that in in many cases, we don't. The world distracts us in so many ways that we end up not having this kind of rich, rich, deep relationship with him. And not only does he want us to and offer this to us, but this is, in fact, the only means of real satisfaction and fulfillment abundance, and life. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about what it means to have this kind of life in him. Because I don't think that we're all there yet. I know I'm not. And I suspect that you're an awful lot like me. And Jesus wants us to have this in him. And so are you connected to him in an intimate way? Do you know him well? Are you connecting with God in a way that allows you to receive this wonderful, abundant life that he offers? I pray you are. In fact, if you are, come and talk to me. Not because I just want to know who you are, but because I want to learn from you. We need each other. 
encourage each other to pursue and to receive this wonderful life that Christ has offered us. We're going to do that over the next few weeks. Learn what it means to have abundant life in Him. Learn what it means to connect with God in this wonderfully rich way. Let's pray. Lord, we recognize in your word the things that you have showed to us, the things we see in scripture, the things that you taught. We recognize that there is a a quality of life that is found in nowhere else but a rich relationship with you. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to embrace what you offer. Help us to embrace this wonderful life that we find in you. Help us to live it abundantly. And what we discuss over the next few weeks, God, we pray with these lessons, these scriptures that you're going to show us, that this will contribute in significant ways to us better knowing you. And we pray these things through Jesus.